Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. We're trying to get through their opening while some of us are making faces with the other person. <laughs> a variety show for two people who are very well prepared to speak to each other using FaceTime. Yes. Someone asked me, so my workplace doesn't use video meetings at all. We use only mm. like conference calls. And someone was asking me about it. And I was like, well, all of our conference calls are like 600 people. So it'd be impractical. But I think that I just can't handle video conferencing. <laughs> I don't think I would do well in a Zoom environment. I did it, and it was fine, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. I think I would have to hop off screen all the time just to, like, get the wiggles out. <laughs> <laughs> instead, I have to watch the wiggles. <laughs> yeah, no, instead you're stuck with all the wiggles. Oh, yeah. Get your wiggles out. <laughs> Plus, now I have all this fucking hair. You have a lot of fucking Look at, hair. Look at, like, this isn't even blow-dried. This is it's the a, natural volume right it's now. It's a lot. Like, do you see why I bitch all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, dear God. Yeah. Pandemic hair. It's come for me. <laughs> I told you I would give you my hair ties through <laughs> the sound waves if Kelsey I could. keeps promising me hair ties, and yet here I am on this FaceTime holding my hair I'm not allowed in your state, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of quarantine... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to talk about it. About quarantine? About quarantine. No, we're going to do our oh. quarantine corner update. Jesus hey. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to do an update about these are modern times. And no, like, oh, no, 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 no. You guys all know what's going on there. Yeah. Follow yeah. the links in the description. Donate. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, quarantine corner. Quarantine Corner. That's what we're here to talk about, because that's what we're qualified to talk about. Yeah. We're still here. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, an, a show that we quite enjoy, even though it is categorized as trash, uh, <laughs> is... Bo- <laughs> Stop playing with your hair! <laughs> that show is Below Deck Med, and it is back. For it's back season. So we've seen the first episode. Yes. And we met our new crew. Yes. And now we're going to have a crew meeting to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> to discuss life on the boat this season. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you said something interesting to me because you watched this before I did. Mm-hmm. Which was that this pilot, not pilot, season premiere, yeah. reminded you that Below Deck Med is actually a good show and Below Deck Sailing Yacht was not. Yeah. So talk to me about that because I like the nitty gritty of franchises. So I think Sailing Yacht had a few problems. And this was the first season of Sailing Out, so they might be able to work some of that out. But the fact that it's a smaller 
boat and therefore a cheaper boat, I think took it from being like having that edge of being ritzy and glamorous and super high end to being like, yeah, here's some rich people, but they're even shittier often than the people who come on the mega yacht somehow. Yeah. Um, and like the boat's not as nice and they don't get quite as extravagant with anything. So I think there's less pressure to like perform at a high standard. Not that there is no pressure. It's just not quite as intense. And it's the, not as extreme. No. And there's no match for Captain Sandy. Like, that is so fair. That's so fair. That's a huge thing. And I think in general, there was some like casting mishaps with missteps, I would say, with Sailing Yacht. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like the chemistry wasn't right with that group. Mm-hmm. And it made it kind of unlikable. I only watched the first episode, but it seemed like it was too catty. Like, I just think there was too much going on. And I think this will be interesting to track over this season of Below Deck. But what I have appreciated about Below Deck so far is that you get the drama. They definitely all have very unhealthy relationships with each other. Yeah. But it's, like, still workplacey. And for the most part, they still have to, like, work as a team just enough to get the shit done. And then they can fight about it on their nights off. Yeah. I think... There's usually a few different types that they try to cast, and, like, there's usually someone who has, like, a heart of gold, and someone who is an asshole, and, you know, like, there's all these different yes, types. like, they try to balance the personalities a little. Yeah, and Sailing Yacht just had a bunch of people who were kind of assholes. They were deeply dysfunctional. Yeah. Like, and there and was... There were relationship dynamics yeah. pre-existing that were, like... Mm-hmm disturbing as well which the producers on below deck med try not to allow right which we saw with season what two yes yeah so yeah sailing out was kind of a fail yep and i don't think the element of sailing (laughs) made up for it enough no Like, it was fun for them to un- unexpectedly decide they're going to go sailing and all the shit falls yeah. <laughs> off the shelves and stuff. Like, that was kind of funny, but it's, like, a good gimmick once. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sustain, like, okay. like, how many episodes are there? Like, 10, 13? There were, like, 16 or 18 There's, like, a lot of seasons in a below deck, or a yeah. lot of episodes in a below deck season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, going back to below deck med, like, I just finished watching season three. Which is also yes. a Quarantine Corner update. That's a huge I- Quarantine Corner update, because y'all, I watched season three <laughs> so long ago. Yep. If you haven't watched season three of Below Deck Med, it is buck-fucking-wild. I think season five may um, may be like a last-minute upset, but season three is for sure the most buck-wild season of Below Deck Med. It, yeah. Like, hands down. It is insane. Everyone is unhinged. Everyone is completely unhinged, and like... Like, the the choices that get made are just, it, it's like, so much happens. It is so ex- ex- aggressive. You know what I think would have made season three better, though? What? Is if somehow the June and Colin plot could have happened in season three. Oh my god, if that had happened in season three! It would have been amazing! That would have been incredible. 
Speaking of Colin, I miss him. I miss him so much. I hope he's happy, like, captaining his boat in Long Island. I know. I was, like, disappointed he wasn't called back. I know. But, but he you know who like was jotting. called back? Hmm. Who? Your good buddy, Malia. <laughs> Fucking Malia. <laughs> she's back, and she's the bosun now. And so yep. here's the thing that's interesting to me. That I have not been able to figure out, and I have to imagine that at least some of it is, like, just that the yachting community is small, and the production team has some say in the casting. They claim Mm -hmm. they don't have much say, because they try to give the captains the ability to actually, like, build a crew who can, like, run the boat safely and professionally. Sure. But I think production has more say in it than we think. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, Malia was a deckhand in season three. Season two. (laughs) Season two. And she was crazy. See, my recollection of her is that she wasn't that crazy. She She was was just a little manipulative. (laughs) She was, like, abusively manipulative. Okay. (laughs) She... What is happening? (laughs) We have a third chair we didn't invite. (laughs) I don't know how to turn it off. I don't know what the fuck just happened. I have not... (laughs) That was Malia phoning in. I'm over here trying to have a good time talking about fucking boats. Amazon... Just crashes in like the fucking Kool-Aid man and is literally like you walk into an Amazon warehouse and it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, which is a buck fucking wild thing to say in a promotional video for Amazon. What the fuck? I mean, you saw me. I didn't touch my computer. No, you didn't. You didn't. It just happened. Jesus Christ. Um so Malia Malia um was is she's crazy is the bottom line. And I mean I had a hard time with that season and her plot in that season because I kept having these moments of being like, well, am I just calling her crazy because she's a young woman or is her behavior actually like crazy? And mm-hmm. she was doing some very unhinged things. I wish I could remember some of the things that she said, but it there was, was just, like there was her, some gaslighting going on. She had a love triangle. Yeah, she had a love triangle, and she was just super manipulative the whole time. Yeah, and she was like not afraid to weaponize feminism just whenever it suited her. True. So, like anytime anything at all that made her unhappy would happen, she would just be like, well, you're only saying that because I'm a female deckhand. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes it is sexism because it's hard to be a female deckhand. But sometimes, Malia, you're kind of being a little shit. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like she was confident at her job, but I'm not sure. Is that true? I think that's true. I think that's true. It's just that she is not competent in her handling of human relationships. So now she's the bosun, and her and Hannah are roommates, which is going to be wild. That's not going to end well. So that was one of the other things, is that Hannah was fucking unhinged as hell, and kept, like, trying to hit on her. Yeah. Like, inexplicably. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be fine. 
Yikes. Yeah. Hannah seems to be in a somewhat... Mm, better seems like a strong word. She mm. seems to be in a different place this season. In a stable place? <laughs> no, she seems to be <laughs> in a subdued place. Yeah, fair. I mean, she came back to yachting, so, like, how stable can she be? Sure. There are not stable people in yachting. No. This Except I for learned. maybe Colin. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, I take it back. Well, I think Colin would have been stable if he wasn't so homesick. Yeah. I think being homesick made made him make some bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the rest of this crew. Yeah, there's other people on this boat. Yeah. So, interior. We have Lara. Lara. <laughs> who's Italian. Yes. And she's the second stew. Yes. And... She has an attitude problem. Yeah, probably. she was she was a first <laughs> or a chief stew once. So as we all know from all other second stews, yep. that's not going to end well. No. <laughs> and she's like I like her first meeting with Hannah because she comes on and she's like I, I'm really hoping to move up to Chief Stew, and she's like, and just see how it goes. And I'm like, this is like a six-week job. I don't know how quickly <laughs> you think people get promoted on this boat, but like, yep. <laughs> no. Like, no. Um, and Hannah chooses her as her first target. Yep. Hannah which... has an absolutely uncanny ability to just, like, hone in on somebody and decide within milliseconds that she's going to destroy them before the end of the season. I wish I could say that it was always right, because that'd be a great superpower, but it's That's not true. always right. That's <laughs> it's, true. It's frequently right, though. Yes. I'll give her that. Yeah. But yeah, she'll find, like, any little thing and mm-hmm. just go for it. So that's Lara, and then there's this other one, Jessica. Jessica. Uh, and she's less experienced. This is, like... The third season where they've set up that specific dynamic. Not just, like, somebody on the boat doesn't have experience, but, like, the second stew wants to be the chief stew, and the third stew doesn't know anything about yachting. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, these extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels Which... like producer intervention to me. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. She thought that a shot and a drink was an eight-second pour, which is alarming. That's not good. <laughs> and Hannah kept looking at her like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, so is that a four-second pour? And Hannah was like, I don't know. <laughs> you're the one saying this to me. Hannah's, like, insistence that she will not train anyone is also hilarious <laughs> to me. so funny. <laughs> Like, she just decided that she got to a certain point in life where, like, nothing yep. is her responsibility anymore. Yep. You know what? It's fine. I get it. Yep. Yep. Um, so then the exterior, um, is a bunch of men with Malia. And one of them is a retired model. Is this the guy who, um, was also a boat captain? I don't know. I didn't catch that anyone was, was a boat captain. One of them had been a... The one who's, like, a big sexist jerk face. Oh, no. I can't... I The American no. guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, he was different boat captain. The the American guy was a captain of some kind of boat. I don't know what kind and it, what, how his own it little speedboat, probably. <laughs> he made it sound like it was a big boat because he was being like a real jerk about. He made himself sound like he was a big boy too. <laughs> And let me tell you, he's not a big boy. I am going to do some Googling, though. (laughs) I can already tell you, he has huge small man energy. Huge small man energy. I think he is rather tall, but, like, extraordinary. He's not well endowed, I'm just going to tell you right now. Extraordinary small man energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a tool. Yeah. And he's being set up to be the tool. Yes. Well, Um, they're setting up the same dynamic in exterior that they have in interior, Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about the fact that the boat's name is the Wellington? Yeah, it's different. The Wellington? <laughs> the fuck? I miss Sirocco, but let's, uh, that's a different conversation. Yeah, we're not we're not there yet. I just I'm googling to find this guy. And yeah. anyway, anyway, there's another person who's from Boston and seems relatively soft spoken for now, but we'll see. Ugh, God, he's a tool. And. Yeah, and then there's the British guy who's the model. Ex-model. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, are we ready to talk about the chef? Yes, let's talk about the chef. Uh, where's, is he from Brazil? Am I right about that? Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, the only thing I wrote down about this whole episode was when his talking head uh, said, I describe myself as a lover chef. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some questions about what He tried. He tried. He tried. He seems fine, maybe, but like... He seems very sweet and a little soft. He's got some weird energy. I'm a little concerned for him, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, his experience is mostly in private yachts, so like once you knew the one person's It's essentially face, like having one preference sheet for like years at a time. Yeah. So I just finished the season where Adam, like, really does well with the food for the whole season and doesn't yes. fuck anything up. Yes. And his food looks really, really good and, like, he plates things really fancy. Yeah. And then seeing how this guy was plating food, I was like, mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm definitely concerned about his time management. Mm-hmm. I'm, and it seems like he's uneven. Like, he's had times where... Um, everything is really great, and then he has times where, like, one thing is bad. And I can't tell if it's because he's actually fucking stuff up, or if it's just because, um, Sandy is so aggressive about inviting negative feedback. Yeah. You but know? she seems to like his food, so far. Yes, she likes his food. The guests don't. Yeah. But, but Sandy is a glutton for negative feedback, so it's hard to know. It's constructive... Kirsty, <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. I would say it would be constructive if she didn't have to ask for it 75 times. Yeah. But eventually the guests are like, please leave my dinner. Right. <laughs> Will you go to the kitchen and leave me alone if I tell you that the steak was dry? Yeah. Oh, Sandy. Oh, Sandy. Um, did you get a height on that man? No, no height. Mm, tough. The only thing I could find was there's the sketchy website that has come up for me before when I've been trying to find this guy, <laughs> any actor's height. Um, 
and it has like 10 facts about him. And one of them is that he refers to his child as his son, but information about the child is unknown. Does he have a fake child? It's the weirdest way I've ever seen something (laughs) like that written on the internet. I've heard of this, like, being a thing. Fake children? Yeah. Huh. Like, people put it in their Twitter Twitter bios and, like, pretend that they have a kid, and then you find out they don't actually have a kid, and it's really fucking weird. That is fucking weird. Yep. I mean, this dude seems deranged, so. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any crew thoughts, or do we want to move on to boat talk? Let's talk about the boat for a little while. Okay. What were your initial reactions to this boat? (laughs) It's too big. It's too much boat. I think Sirocco Mm. is, like, the exact right amount of boat. Yeah. My feeling is, like, this is a bigger boat, but it's also a tackier boat. Yeah. Well, and, like, they they get on the boat, and there's, like, on one of the sun decks... There's, like, 25 chairs. And it's like, right, but you get on each charter with only, like, five people. So I don't want all of those chairs. They're just kind of in my way. Right. And there's this one, like, sectional couch or something on one of the decks that's essentially one of those, like, bed couches. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, it's too much, too much lounging, I think. It's too much area for lounging. I feel like they showed a shot of people sleeping on that, and there were, like, four people sleeping individually, and they could fit them each in their own frame. Like, yes, 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 it was exactly. Too large. It was too large. And I, I mean, I'm poor and have never known luxury, so maybe this is a poor person thought. Mm. But I think there would be a point where I would tap out of the luxury and be like, this is too much, too much lounging. This is too much stuff for me to have. So that's when you'd go on sailing yacht. And that's when I would go on sailing lot. Sailing lot? Sailing yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And just be like a medium rich person. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like Sandy doesn't love this boat either. She hates this boat. Um, like the crew quarters are really small. It's just weird. I don't get good vibes from this boat. Well, they were even showing the cabins, and the cabins even seem small. Yeah. They all have these little beds, and then there's, like, a little bit of walk space, and then there's these couches that are, like, built into the wall, like, these modular couches, Mm -hmm. like you would see on, like, a very small boat or, like, a tiny house or something. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be, like, a master suite on a mega yacht. Like, have some imagination. I know. The the boat in season three was also not Sirocco. And it was also it, bigger and tackier than Sirocco. But it was, like, bougier, too? Yes. And, like, the crew had a lot more room. Like, they had... They could fit, like, four people in their rooms. Yeah. And you're like, wow. That, this was not... Yeah. That boat had way more imagination than the Wellington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, what, I'm not the into talisman it. or something stupid? Yeah. Yep. Sirocco is so far the best boat I've seen on Below Deck. I agree. I know Sandy has some beef with that boat, but I think that's a good boat. It is a good boat. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like... My initial reaction to this season is not as strong as it has been in other seasons, and I don't know why. I know why. For me. Why? 
The two things I think are that they are already playing up drama. And like, like I said earlier, it's not that there's never drama on the show. There's always drama in the season because the people who work in yachting are dysfunctional. Yep. So fine. But I think in previous seasons, they don't like set it up so much it's because so much of reality tv is like we're gonna put these people together so that we can get drama and nothing else like the only point of this Mm -hmm. is to create drama that's what the housewives are that's what the weird southern show is yeah um there's like seven other shows that bravo has that are basically like here's some people who have money and we have no premise here they just yell at each other a lot that's what the real world was Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, what I have appreciated about Below Deck is that that's not the premise. The premise is like, here are a bunch of people in a workplace, and they're dysfunctional, and they have to work together. And live together. And live together. But also, we're going to take a lot of time to talk about these weird rich people on this boat. Yeah. So there's like some balance there. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that at this stage, and it's in part because of the... Um, some of the personalities, like, the fact that there's already this dynamic between Malia and what's-his-face, the sexist one. Yeah. And the dynamic between Hannah and the Italian one. Yeah. Um, but also the second thing that's contributing to this is this whole narrative about Hannah not being passionate about yachting and wanting to quit so she can have a baby. Right. They were pushing it hard last season, And she and Sandy have a big fight about it, where Sandy tells her she's not passionate about yachting, and that's, like, really heartbreaking to her. And there was speculation leading up to the season about whether or not she would come back. And so she came back, but even now she's on the interview circuit being like, "Eh, I'm not going back to yachting. Like, yachting's not my passion. I'm not passionate about yachting. I never wanted to be a 30-year-old on a boat. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And so they're pushing it hard. She had at least three talking heads about how much she wants to have a baby. Right. And I'm, I don't, I I obviously don't know Hannah, so I can't speak to the authenticity of it, but it doesn't feel (laughs) authentic to me as a viewer. It's like a little much. It's a little much. And Um, she's like, yeah, I've been dating this guy for like a year. I'm like, does that guy know that you're here telling everyone that you're, like, just waiting it out until you get knocked up? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it, she's like, yeah, Maybe. and I think That's he's, fine. like, the one, and I'm ready to start a family. It's like, okay, but you've been ready to start a family for three seasons now, and you've also banged two different clients on the boat. And then any number of other, like, crew members. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. It feels I, like a consolation prize is all I'm saying. Right. I don't know if, like, I almost wanted one more familiar face mm. on this crew. Like, I really wanted a chef friend to come back. Yeah. Or, I don't know, like, someone else who we knew. Like, I feel like usually there's more than two. Maybe I'm wrong. I think by happenstance you're right. I don't know. I think you're right. I just wanted more friends, and I feel I like... I mean, technically Malia makes two. Yeah, but, like... Is Malia our friend? No. No. Like, no, Malia's not Chef our Ben, friend. I would take. No, I'm so okay that Chef Ben didn't come back. <laughs> I mean, he's unhinged, but, like, in a fun way. I was happy to see him at the end of last season. I'm okay to have a break from him because Chef Ben is exhausting. He is exhausting. Yeah. 
don't Although, know. I'm very nervous because I'm not convinced the chef is going to make it the whole season. No, he's not. I'm so worried. And I really, it would be such a bummer for them to have the same chef plot two seasons in a row. <laughs> no one will beat the taco kit no. served at dinner. There was, it must have been in a flashback for one of Captain Sandy's talking heads, but there was B-roll of that that mm-hmm. incident. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was taken back to it because I think I had forgotten how bad it was. It's so bad. It's really, really bad. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have Below Deck going for us now. That's it. That's that's the show. It's back. And I'm glad that it's back. I don't think it's going to be my favorite season. I don't think I'm going to be as, like, obsessed with it as I was with season four. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. At this point, like... There's not a lot of new content, so I'm happy to get new content. We take what we can get in this economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and similar to last week, if we can't go on vacation, yep. at least we can watch TV that goes on vacation. <laughs> at least we can go on a boat in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> the coaster got stuck to my cup. Uh-oh. That would never happen on the Wellington. <laughs> They would never use coasters in their table settings. Come on. They wouldn't need to use a coaster on the table settings. Because they would come and use a chamois. <laughs> when I learned that's how chamois were spelled, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, obviously I knew that these were a thing. Yeah. But everyone on Below Deck is so obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the only thing you clean the boat with. Right. And it is the funniest thing to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, below They're always deck. yelling at each other on the boat about the chamois. Yes. <laughs> um, I have a prompt. Okay, okay. We've played this game before, but this is quarantine edition, and I'll go first, because you already know mine. Um, what... Would be on your quarantine preference sheet for Below Deck. Am I in my house or am I on the boat? You're on the boat. I'm on the boat. See, uh, or quarantine themed, I guess. Quarantine. So I'm, I'm on the boat for like 10 weeks and I can't get off the boat. Yeah. Everything is like curbside service on the boat. Yeah. Okay. Mine is... I demand puzzles. Yep. But I demand that the pieces are pre-sorted by the crew. <laughs> so, like, all the edge pieces are pulled aside and then they're sorted by color, yep. you know, or, like, element. I so don't then all do you want to do is assemble the puzzle. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think I actually like the sorting better. So you almost need to set up, like, a little, like, assembly line where I'm your sorter. I didn't know we were quarantining together. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're just like on neighboring boats. That'd be fun. And we can use like a little special like six foot extendy rod and I can hand you Oh perfect. Your like pre sorted yeah. <laughs> puzzle pieces over the deck. I used to like sorting and then I did so many puzzles that sorting became kind of a hassle to me. Kelsey really like bought out the entire Midwest supply of puzzles this quarantine. Okay, I bought like eight puzzles. 
At one point, she had, like, 45 boxes coming from, like, a warehouse in Missouri where they hold all of the nation's puzzles. It's fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. Uh, I will know I've been passing my puzzles along to other people who don't have puzzles to do. She's been doing some very good puzzle-related community service this quarantine. I really try. (laughs) In fact, I think you bought one of your puzzles based on the fact that it would be good for someone else to do later. I did. I yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that that shopping yep. day. Yep. What would be on my preference sheet? So, are my husband and child with me? I think you can choose your own quarantine adventure. I mean, so that's the thing is that there are different scenarios based on how much of my child I'm quarantined with on any given day. <laughs> Let's assume you're quarantined with her, but you have onboard childcare. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, really, that's the preference sheet, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. This amazing thing happens when you have children where you lose your imagination entirely. Um, I mean, a lot of my preference sheet would be things for her, mostly. Right. So that she'll stay busy and I can go somewhere else and Mm. just hang. So, like, onboard nanny, that's one. Onboard nanny. But, like, like, some good shit. I don't want the onboard nanny to just put her in front of Blue's Clues, because I could be doing that at home. <laughs> I don't have to go to Spain to do that shit. Right, right. Um, okay, what's on my preference sheet for quarantine? I don't know if I know how to do anything anymore. It's fine. Because literally the only things that went through my mind in that blank spot was, like, yard work. Don't need to do that on a boat. Nope. What would I do? Fancy cocktails? Well, yeah, I mean, I said all that before. What we talked about in my last preference sheet was, like, cocktails and oysters and stuff, and that's all still true. Sure. Like, I got a regimen of, like, coffee and then, like, fun beverages and then the alcoholic beverages. Right. And that's fine. Maybe I would... I mean, I'd have to do some crafting, I think. <laughs> you need a cricket. I need to bring my cricket on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can cut various kinds of fabric. Right. So they need to have a fully stashed crafting area. I need to have a crafting room on the boat. I think yep. that would be great. Yeah. Um, And other than that, I think I would just like sit in the lounge chairs and read. I think I would do some reading on the boat. You need books and undisturbed reading time. I kind of just need, like, undisturbed time. Yeah. I think that's the issue. (laughs) (laughs) I have to cram all of my leisure into, like, little half-hour pockets once or twice a day. Yeah. It's challenging. (laughs) It's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything new on my preference sheet is what's happening here. I feel like that was a well-rounded preference sheet. I only had one thing. It's fine. Okay. Kelsey's doing puzzles. I'm doing crafts. Yeah. Maybe they can bring... Here's here's what we're going to fucking do on the boat. Holy shit, I got there. We're going to do some cheese making on the boat. They're going to bring a guy on the boat, or a girl, whatever. They're going to bring a cheese maker on the boat, and they're going to teach me how to make some fucking brie at my house, because I know it can be done. I've read about it. I want to make some moldy cheeses in my house. Yeah. So they're going to come on the boat. We're going to make some mozzarella. 
I'm doing that this weekend for the first time. It's going to be wild. Um, (laughs) But someone besides the internet is going to come on the boat and teach me how to make mozzarella. And then we're going to make some brie. And then we're going to make a camembert. I don't know if they're actually functionally different when you make them. Because I've never made a cheese. But we're going to make them. And they're going to teach me how to make it at home. So I can come home from the boat and I can make all the moldy cheeses. Okay, I'm going to add on to this. Ooh. We're going to demand that they kidnap Samin to yep. be our chef slash okay. spirit guide. Oh, my God. Think of all of the fun things we're going to cook together. I know. It would be so fun. So this is one thing that's hard is I think I would like to do a little of my own cooking. Mm. So could we get a chef on the boat who's chill with me in the galley cooking with them? I have to pay extra for that. <laughs> if I put it on my preference sheet, though... I want to hang with the chef. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are not comfortable with that. How does that... <laughs> Can you imagine Chef Ben or Chef Adam just, like, letting me into the galley to be like, Hey, no! let's roast a chicken together, my dude. Like, what's up? There was someone on Sailing Yacht who went into the galley to talk to Chef Adam, and it was really awkward. Yeah, Chef Adam has just- no time for that. No, and he, they were trying to shoot the shit, and he was like, hey, let's go to the galley and talk to the <laughs> chef about shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it Chef Adam who, like, lost his shit at Hannah because a guest was clearing the table? Yes. Yeah. That was and, like, funny. I would be that, that was, guest, too. Yeah, those people were basically us. I loved those people. They were delightful. They were so good. But yeah, they mm-hmm. were us. But I would be that unruly on a boat. Oh, yeah. So. What other Quarantine Corner updates do we have? This is a Quarantine Corner roundup. So the other stuff I've been doing in quarantine uh, is I've been watching The Great. Have I already talked about this? No, you haven't shared that one yet. I'm most of the way through the season. I think I only have two more episodes, but I Mm. got sidetracked by Letterkenny, which we are going to talk about, so I'm withholding all further commentary. Yes. Um, but I've been watching The Great, and I don't think we're going to do an episode on it. I don't know where you fell when you watched it. Yeah, we haven't had a crew meeting about The Great. <laughs> we haven't had a crew meeting. Um, I watched one episode so far. I mean, I like, I think it's a good show. I think it's delightful. Yeah. I I wasn't struck with, like, the urge to keep watching, which is weird mm. for me. See, I definitely enjoyed continuing watching it. Mm-hmm. Which is not a good sentence, but I think the sentiment speaks for yep. itself. Yep. Um, I don't know that I had, like, strong feelings about it. It's sort of, it was like, it's good TV. It's a good mm-hmm. show. But I don't think I have much more to say besides it's good, I like it. Yeah. And that's not compelling from a, a criticism or recap standpoint. I have strong feelings that Nicholas Holt is doing his best work. <laughs> oh my god. This he this was his calling. He god. was called to the show and it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like I know I associate him with Hugh Grant because of about a boy, but also I think he could be a really good next gen Hugh Grant. Yes. I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Um, Catherine Van Arendonk, one of our faves, wrote a good piece for Vulture about the show and the ways in which it is good. Mm. And her take was mostly like, it's good, but there's too much of it, which I agree with. 
Yeah. The episodes are long. They're very long. They're very long. But it's still fun. I mean, I've watched a lot of it while sewing. Yeah. It's a, it, we talk a lot about like knitting TV. Yeah. It's a decent show if, to watch if you're trying to do something else. That's good to know, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's promising for sure. Like, I enjoyed it. Mm hmm. It's a fun show to look at. Yeah. It's a pretty show. I feel like it would be better suited to a 30 minute time frame though i do absolutely it is a show that needs an editor was it last week no two weeks ago we were talking about that Mm -hmm. recently we were talking about that but it is a show that needs an editor yeah 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 um so i've been watching that i've been watching letter kenny i think that's it in terms of my content life I mean, you've been crushing Letterkenny, so we'll get there, but... crushing Letterkenny. Just so everyone knows, Kirstie's watched a lot of TV. I'm... I just started season seven. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y'all out there should go watch Letterkenny before next week. Yeah, go watch (laughs) that on Hulu. Get yourself ready. I have watched six full seasons in two weeks? Yeah. Two weeks, so... Yeah, so yeah, go watch it. You can get it's through doable. a fair amount before we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reached a really dark place in my quarantine, and you I sure broke our have. cardinal rules. Ooh, that's a hard word. Um, we had a moment, we're like basically out of shows right now, and we had a moment where we watched both a rerun of The Office and How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Those were both no nos. We talked they about were this. No-nos. They we were talked my own about suggestions. We, we talked about this yep. so early in quarantine because I was concerned this would happen. Yes. So, what was your takeaway from breaking the rules? It was fine. It was just not. Were helpful. we right? Yeah, like it didn't satiate my need for content. Like, right. It didn't do much for me, and I didn't want to keep watching more of them. It was fine to, like, fill that hour while we were eating dinner, but then I was like, uh, <laughs> we still need shows. Now you're still left with this empty void, and you've wasted your brain cells on... Well, it is no longer an empty void, because we have new shows. That's true. So, I keep referencing this article, um that came out from Vulture at the end of the year, and I've kept it open in a tab because that's how I live my life. Yes. And it's a roundup of the best and sometimes worst shows of the entire decade. Yes. And I've gone back to it a couple times now to, like, get ideas for what to watch, so I recommend that if you're in a rut. I'll put it in the show notes or something. I was just going to suggest that. Yeah. Um, But we... Started watching Peaky Blinders from that list. And it's a delight. It's in the category in this list of being perpetually underrated as comfort food, but always selectable, which feels correct. I keep having, like, an identity crisis of being like, is this good or is this bad? (laughs) And I don't know. Um, And that feels right, that it's just, like a comfort food in a way, way that's still dark and crimey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, it's better than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be like Boardwalk Empire that I judge without having seen it. Mm-hmm. 
I think it is, but it's better. <laughs> <laughs> so much hesitation. Yeah, well, because I haven't seen it. I can't really say for sure, but it's set in post-World War One England, and it's about a crime family, and, like, sometimes gang shows do nothing for me. Yes. So when we first started it, I was like, I don't know if I need this in my life. Like, I've seen some of The Sopranos, and I didn't like that. Like, I... I <laughs> If that's not going to work for me, nothing's going to work for me, and, like, I just don't need this. But it's, like, and funny, I... isn't it? Not really. Oh, I always thought it's things that it was funny. Mm-mm. Not, like, a um, comedy, but just, like, funny. Like, rarely. I wouldn't say that that's, like, its signature, but... Yeah, I wanted to see, like, what story they were going to tell, and if it was just going to be, like, sad men killing other sad men, I was, mm-hmm. like, going to tap out, but... It... It's a little more interesting than that, um, and they're doing some good work with, like, they have a really good colorist, and they have an interesting, like, um, visual identity and, like, music identity. Like, they're playing, which I, some people would hate, but they play, like, a ton of, um, Nick Cave and, like, the White Stripes and stuff, so they play out-of-era music, Mm -hmm. but in a way that's, like, very niche and, like, condensed to this one type of music, so it ends up working, I think. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've seen two seasons. They're six-episode seasons, so they're beautifully short. Yeah, that's your dream. Yeah. And it feels like it's the world. (laughs) It feels like it's the world from Mary Poppins with the (laughs) chimney sweeps. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that's the look they're going for. And every time they do an establishing shot, it looks like the Mary Poppins paintings that they use. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't tell what, you know, what's happening there, but it's working for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, my other update is we started Quiz on AMC. It's like a three-part miniseries that's like a British export about a couple who rigged who wants to be a millionaire in the 90s. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it has Matthew McFadden in it and, like, a couple other people that we, I enjoy from, like, the <laughs> Catastrophe uh, and This Way Up, like, world, whatever gotcha. that little comedy group is. So I'm enjoying that. Interesting. So far. But there's one episode, so. Yeah. Can't say for sure. I'm not going to endorse it fully, but it just started, so there's two more. Huh. Yeah. The 90s were wild. No kidding. What a time. Mm-hmm. And, um, our last update is the piece of mail that I got this week. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got a physical catalog. It's wild. <laughs> a special 100-page edition called the Critics' Choice Video Catalog. <laughs> oh, my God. And... It's literally, like, a catalog with a form you can fill out and mail in to purchase your DVDs. <laughs> it literally looks like a time capsule. Like, it looks like someone found a mail truck from, like, n- any time between 1998 and 2001. Yeah. And was like, oh, I guess we need to deliver these now. <laughs> and the only way I know that it's not from 19... 19- 80 
is that there's a back page feature and a two page spread specifically about the Hallmark Channel. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and the Hallmark Channel spread is split up by leading Hallmark lady. Yep. Which is a choice because, like, I don't know who these people are, but. Uh, that's not true. You know who at least I know two who of them Lacey are. is. You You're know right. who Lacey is. You know your Candace. Who's Fiona Gubbleman? Uh, Who's you... Pascal Hutton? Wow, that's a name. <laughs> Didn't you find the chick from that um, the House Flippers movie? Uh, she came Danica... up. She came no. up somewhere recently. House Flippers came up for a different reason related to Letterkenny. Ah, uh, I see. Um, yeah. So if you would like to buy your DVDs from the Hallmark Channel or, like, box sets of NCIS, <laughs> you can send us an email at heyorderthisatgmail.com. <laughs> and we'll process the order form for you. Yeah. yeah. I'll put it in the mail. There is something really surreal about sitting here watching you just casually thumb your way through a catalog. Yeah, isn't it wild? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I think I kind of miss catalogs. Do you want me to mail this to you? No. Thank you, though. <laughs> you don't get catalogs in the mail? No. Really? I don't get any. Every once in a while, we get, like, one. But it's, I get it's, like, a couple times a year. A decent amount. Yeah, we rarely ever. We get, like, the bean catalog and stuff like that. It's, like, like that's that. how I always know when my data has been sold to someone, is, like, a catalog will randomly show up. Mm-hmm. So, what data... <laughs> generated this particular piece of I can only imagine, man. Like, maybe Hulu is selling some shit. Maybe, like, your old star's password got hacked or something. Like, who is buying these? Like, do you not have a internet subscription? Like... I guess not. I have some questions about this. Although, all of that said, Netflix still has a mail-order model. But you it's could... not a catalog with a rip-out fucking order form. Like, look at this shit. <laughs> you literally write down the number of the, the DVD. <laughs> it's so old school. It really is like... my name on it. <laughs> it feels like a time capsule, truly. It's like... It really kind feels like another era is, like, reaching out to us in our present moment. You know who else actually sent a similar thing? Hmm. Um, one of the puzzle companies I ordered from. <laughs> Did you get a puzzle catalog? Yes! I've gotten three! Oh my god. But they sent a similar thing with, like, use this coupon code, fill it in on your form when you mail it back. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. So there's still a market out there for that. And that's my quarantine update. <laughs> <laughs> my um, spur of the moment quarantine corner update is that I finally remembered to cancel my Stars subscription. Oh, good job. I just did that right now. And um, one of the options under cancellation reason is I plan on subscribing at a later date. Mm-hmm. So you know that they're getting flooded these last couple weeks with the Outlander crowd, who's all canceling for that reason. <laughs> yep. I wasn't able to cancel mine because 
my cable overlord wouldn't let me oh. easily do it, and I haven't tried again. That's too bad. I'm going to try and do it for my TV, because I, I think Oh, no, work. because you had to do it through your cable. I was going to say, yeah. I thought we were sharing the subscription this time around. No, it's because things got weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stars had some beef. Yep, Stars had all the beef this time. Um, and then it offered me two different savings plans. One of them was 99 cents a month, and the other was two ninety nine a month. And I don't know what the difference was between <laughs> the two of them. <laughs> but it tried really hard to keep me. Wow. Like, nope. No, thank you. And no, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Any other updates? That's all I got. All right. Well, if you have thoughts about Below Deck Med or your preference sheets or if Peaky Blinders is good or bad, <laughs> objectively speaking, please <laughs> Tweet to us at HateWatchWithUs or send us an email to HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com or leave us a five-star review uh, wherever you're listening. Um, more importantly, look at our links in our episode description and find out where you can donate and support more important things than us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot happening in these are modern times and it's all important and it's and you should go take care of it. We have links. Also, there are some good people on Twitter doing good activism and you should find them and educate yourself and donate. Yeah, and don't be a racist. Don't be racist. <laughs> and also just like don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah, there's sort of, there's a lot of different forms of that taking place right now. So just like don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> Everything is good and great. Do you want to point them to some other people who are not dicks? Yes. Yeah, so if you are also looking for people who are not dicks, um, you can find our friends over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Uh, they are a podcast network of which we are a part. And they produce other shows like Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind and lots of other shows. They can be found at thoughtbubbleaudio.com, thoughtbubblefm on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com, and you can also find them on Patreon. Yeah. Though I would still suggest that you look at our donation links first if you got money burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Patreon, rethink your life choices, go to our show notes, put your money there. <laughs> For now. Yeah. And then bookmark the Patreon for when we're in better times. And if you still have money, check out the Critics' Choice video catalog. <laughs> <laughs> and send us your order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. You took, you took my life. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.